0: Welcome to the Tech Savvy Professor Podcast. Two faculty who love tech and love making it part of their work. I'm Marty Gensius, a associate professor at Kent State University.
1: I'm Eric Perry, clinical faculty at Southern New Hampshire University.
0: So, Eric, how was your week? There were I, I was waiting to hear and 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 get an email or a picture of the new tablet that you bought. What it- happened?
1: Yeah, I, I like it. I, I think it's it's nice. So I, I talked a little bit about needing to swap it out. So I swapped from one of the A models to the S uh, seven, which is a about a year behind now um, in terms of the model. A um, lot more responsive, feels a lot more sturdy than kind of the A series. Really liked it, and just got the keyboard case in, and you know started doing some some grading and stuff on it. So really liked it I don't have it physically in front of me at the moment because it's also been commandeered for its <laughs> use for uh Roblox so if anybody's curious and uh wants to play Roblox on it it works quite well my my 12 year old is is using it now and used it the past couple of days and loves it so the screen size on this uh 12 12. Yes. okay
0: 12.3 right. is I think what it is yeah <laughs> and it's a it's a s7.
1: Yeah, S seven plus. S uh, seven plus. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I, I, you know, they love it. I, I think it's going to end up being the Christmas gift this year. You know, either for you
0: that or-, or for your for you or for your daughter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's yet to be decided, <laughs> I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, not much new on this end except getting ready for classes and uh, all that goes on with that. Uh, your semester is a little bit different than than my semester arrangement. So. I'm on the thick of things. We start classes on Monday. And uh, so it's, it's a lot of class prep, a lot of student email coming in now, wanting adjustments, corrections, changes, asking questions that I'm sure are really relevant to them. But at this moment in my life, I've got some other things I've got to get done. So I balance between going through emails and then getting back to the work that, that I know needs to be done, including this podcast. We were going to talk about webcams. And so I'm curious about what you use webcams for.
1: Yeah, you talked about just our schedules being different. I, I teach on a more rolling schedule. So we're 10 weeks on, week off, all year round. So most of my teaching is virtual, aside from our clinicals, our skill-based courses that, you know, portions of those happen on ground. Um, So I use it a lot. I use a lot lot of course announcements, discussions. I use it a lot for uh, recording lectures and, you know, working on right now a lecture series for the research course that I teach quite a bit and was just looking into upgrading what I have and and what might be out there. So I thought it was a really timely discussion. You know, how about you, Marty? What, what you see?
0: I primarily use it for, for zoom meetings. I'm on two projects right now that involve uh, video capture and video editing, and it doesn't involve me being in the video. So I, I have a nice, crisp, clear video that comes from mine, but I turn it off because it's essentially capturing two other people having a conversation. And I only wish that they had better cameras and better microphones. I, I'm using it for that. I've been thought I've thought about doing some live streaming. At some point, but um, primarily it's it's for meetings that I use it for. So um, let's talk about what webcams are and what some of the specs are, because some of our listeners already have a webcam in their laptop. Some of them might have external webcams, but let's talk about the specs around them. So why don't you share a little bit about pixel lines that are involved and numbers that are involved,
1: what that means? Yeah, I think you can get really in the weeds with it. Uh, but there's a couple of things I think that's helpful just in understanding what some of the numbers that are floating around there mean. We'll start with resolution. So resolution is is the essentially the size or aspect ratio of the picture that your webcam picks up, right? So that's measured in lines and columns. So one of the more common ones you'll see is 720p right, or, or 1080p. Um, 720p, for example, has 720 lines and 1,280 1, columns that pixels are arranged in. And the more lines and columns you have, the more pixel density you have, the clearer your picture or the, the better your your picture comes out. That also means bigger files, generally as they start to go up. So something like 4K, which we hear a lot about now, or even 8K is 4,000 lines or 8,000 lines. So, you know, as you start to move up that ladder, you get a clearer and clearer picture and potentially a bigger and bigger file. The other thing we look at is frame rate, right? Or frames per second is the uh, measure that you'll see out there. Some of the older webcams you'll see will have 24 frames a second, 30 frames a second, 60 frames a second. And that's really just the number of pictures it takes per second that it's going to use to display that image. Um, So as you start to to get up there into 30 and 60, you're going to see less blur when there's motion on the screen, right? So it handles motion a lot better the higher those frames per second are. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more as, as we go forward just how that's helpful and what you might need. You might not need 60 frames per second and 8K, for a video that you're sitting and streaming and talking, but maybe if you're doing sports or you're recording motion or, or capturing something that's, that's has some action to it, um, it might be helpful to step those things up. I've heard that we've almost,
0: the technology has gone beyond the limitations of what the human eye is. Yeah, so you, does yeah. it really matter that you have an 8K uh, video or photograph when you the human eye can't discern any difference between a 4K and
1: an 8K, essentially. Right. Well, and the and the videographer's argument to that is it, it comes down to processing then, because uh, when you process the video, you get this higher quality image that you can then uh, you know tweak essentially or mess with more and not degrade the quality of the video. But we're neither of us here, are, you know, producing for Marvel. You know, we, we are Disney. We don't really need that for our work. Um, but, you know, if you're a video file and you really want to get into it, you know, that's definitely something you can walk into.
0: Yeah, the other thing I think is size because I produce these things uh, and they are essentially coming off of feed that I'm getting. And for for giggles, I will save it at 4K and realize suddenly I have a five gig file. To, to mess with, and it's much more unwieldy to deal with. And then when I try to import it and do some things with it, it's, it it's goes beyond what the actual use is going to be. No one's going to be necessarily watching it on a 4K device. So you got to right. make decisions around, if you're processing these kinds of video and audio, um, how much compression you need to put in it to make the file manageable for you, but retain some of the co- the qualities with it. Um, the the other thing is most of the stuff we're using, most of the services we're using have limitations. So Zoom can go up to 1080p resolution, but you have to actually switch the, the video. Uh, there's a, a check that you can put in in the video editing section or video standard section that will take it from its standard default of 780p to 1080p. If you want to do that, Teams goes up to 720p, and then there are some streaming services. I've got an account with them, but haven't found a use for them yet. Ecamm is probably the most popular streaming service, and when you see uh, multiple people in a YouTube uh, video, often they've been captured using Ecamm. And so, if you've got people with really good equipment, really good cameras, really good microphones, Ecamm can work at 540p. That's real low resolution, 720 and 1080. And that I think is the free account. The live pro subscription can take you up to 440 or 4K if you want to go up to 4K with that kind of resolution. YouTube streams
1: uh, vary from. 240p to 4k one other thing i wanted to mention marty while you were talking about it that just that kind of popped into my head is if you're working in an lms a learning management system like blackboard desire to learn canvas they all have limitations to those videos so those of you who are doing this as as part of your teaching uh and you're going to post this somewhere um, you need to make sure that your lms can handle it if you plan on having it in the course or how you're going to have that live externally somewhere like YouTube or, or one of the one of the platforms that we talked about here. Um, you know, a lot of times if you're using Teams and you're recording that way and you need to share those, they still share through SharePoint, which you know causes some issues. Um, or you need to use OneDrive or one of those other uh, kind of platforms, and it can be really really clunky. Um, so you want to watch out for, you know, what the limitations are and where you want this to be housed or live essentially. So what camera do you currently use? So I said I needed an upgrade, right? I was I was pretty upfront about that I think in the beginning. Um so my camera now is a, it's a little older. It's a C510. Uh Logitech, it's uh 720p. It's about 45 bucks right now. I think when I bought it it was maybe 60. Um, It says 30 frames per second, but I don't tend to see that in editing much. Um, But that's the one that's sitting on my monitor. That's what I use for most meetings and most of my lecture recordings and stuff now. So uh, I do have a GoPro Hero 8 that I use for, uh, you know, different things I've used for conferences and and when I'm on location and need to move the camera around. That one is is, uh, 4K, functions a little bit better at 1080p. Functions are pretty low end on that one. There's not a whole lot of bells and whistles to that outside the software. I think I need to mention my phone. My phone probably has the best camera of anything I have in in the vicinity in my desk and my whole kit here. Uh, I have right now a Samsung S23 Plus. Um, it has a you know whole suite of of cameras. Uh, can record at 8K, 30 frames per second, uh, and then 4K at 60 frames per second. Um, and in full HD, it goes up from there. Um, it's really impressive in terms of the the video quality and, and everything like that. It's just, for me, it has never been the easiest thing to use to record. But honestly, the more I talk about it, the more I think I should probably try it out. Uh, what about you, Marty? What's on your desk?
0: Well, um, I was involved in doing some video where I needed multiple cameras uh, all being processed through one laptop. And was using a piece of software that I think is still out there called Miro and uh, was able to have uh, with extensions able to have multiple cameras. So I bought a bunch of uh, Logitech 920s and those are uh, you can get them up to 1080p and then they also have HD at 30 frames per second. The other thing you want to concern yourself is how wide of a view that you want. They have a 78 degree wide angle view. HD autofocus, auto light connection or automatic light determination connection in them, dual microphones for if you're going to be using those uh, for a purpose. Um, So I've got a couple of those that now sit pretty much in a drawer, unless I have to go out and and do some work similar to that. Um, I purchased a Logitech Brio. It is now currently $149 on Amazon. It's up to 4K Ultra HD, and it has frame rates up to 90 frames per second and a 90-degree diagonal field of view. And it's really a, a quite crisp and clear, good camera. If you're looking for a camera to plug in to your computer and your monitor doesn't have it, that is now at my office because I've got a Mac Mini at my office that I put in and uh, and a monitor without a webcam on it. So I now use that if I have to do webcaming from my office. I'd like to say that I have a fifteen hundred dollar webcam, an Apple Studio Display. And uh, listeners can't see this, but this is what Eric is uh, is seeing me through whenever we do our our work together. The studio display has a twelve megapixel camera and a hundred and twenty-two degree field of view, so a very wide field of view if you need it. A f two point four aperture, and then it has some things called uh, that go along with Apple products called Center Stage. The idea that if I'm sitting here solo, you're getting me, but if somebody walks into the frame, then the camera automatically moves to center us. Together in the frame, and makes that kind of adjustment, and it works with. uh, And sometimes I find that real irritating because if I lean to the left on my elbow and the camera moves, it it also moves into the field of view where I have my pile of dirty laundry on the floor. So I, I generally keep my frame off of center stage so I know what's in my surroundings behind me. It's it's a good it's a good base camera for what I'm doing and. You know, you can, like Eric had spoken about, you can also add your cell phone in as a camera. And I've got an iPhone 14 Pro Max, has a 48 megapixel rear camera. Belkin has these little MagSafe clips that you can put on the phone and then you can stick it on top of your monitor if you don't have one and then use your phone as a monitor. I've used my phone for web streaming when I need to show something on my desktop, I'll switch cameras to the phone to do it. But Belkin has these these neat little things, and that can be helpful if you have a poor webcam and you're going someplace and you know you got to do a lot of webcam uh, meetings. It gives you a better quality, not only video, but sound that goes through the system. I've got a, a MacBook with an M2 processor in it, and all the current MacBooks now do 1080p. In resolutions, so bringing the Belkin along or hooking up my my phone really doesn't help ha, help much, particularly if it's being compressed through the bottleneck of whatever service I'm using at the time. So that's what I've got. I think you've
1: got a wish list coming up. Yeah. So I don't know if we have anybody from Insta360 that listens, uh, but if they do, I'd love to test the Insta360 link. Uh, it's a a webcam that essentially is is made for lectures. Uh, it's made for teaching and instruction. which I think is really cool. It has the AI tracking features that Marty was talking about which I think are fantastic. Uh and it allows gestures so you can use hand gestures to have it zoom in on things on your desk or a whiteboard or something like that. Um yeah, Marty just gave me a big thumbs up. It has HDR, uh all this uh, you know, it's really feature rich. 4K And about three hundred dollars, so a little bit on the pricey side, but I think something that would be really neat to try out. Uh,
0: One other thing I'll mention, we'll talk about it at another show because because we had a conversation briefly about it. There's an app called Mm Mmm, which is M M H M M, and it's an interesting app that will add in a lot of functionality to whatever you're doing with web streaming and some of the functions that you you mentioned in the Insta three sixty are part of, can be part of that too. So uh, we'll talk about that app. I'll talk about it sometime separately because I got in on their beta early and and have been on and off playing with it as an addition uh, for bells and whistles um, that I want. Anything, suggestions, kind of the final package that we can tell listeners if you're looking for a webcam, uh, these are the kind of things that you should pay attention to
1: or not pay attention to. I think we covered a lot of them, right? Really be knowledgeable about what your limitations are and what you're using. That can help control some of the cost uh, in what you're looking for. Think about the types of things that you want to do, the features that you need. Are you lecturing? Are you doing more recording? You know, you may want to spend more on your sound if you're doing more podcasting than you are video. Um, You know, so it can really help just to know what the limitations of the softwares that you're using are going to be and and what those uses are. um, Because you can spend as much as you like uh, for some of those those higher tier options that you may not be able to use or may not benefit the people who are watching it so you know those are really the big things keep those things in mind and you know reference the podcast if you have questions about you know what to look for in terms of frames per second or uh, resolution and those types of things
0: yeah and of course always if you have a question you can contact us I I think we are talking about our next episode being on yours and my ever-ending search for the perfect calendar app. And I I think we're going to be a two-parter on that, where we'll talk about what apps we've searched for. And then the second part will be, what have we landed on that works for us with our particular situation? So how can listeners get involved? Got a tech question trying to figure out how to do something with technology, have an idea to share? Well, email us at at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 330-333-1240. And we'll play your question in the podcast and try and get an answer to you. Our bumper music is from Philip Gross, Rast, from the Free Music Archive. That's it for today. Thanks for subscribing to the Tech Savvy Professor podcast. You can find us by searching Apple Podcasts for the Tech Savvy Professor. Look for us on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music and other sources of podcasts. Look also for our other shows, particularly Circular Firing Squad at PodTalk.net. Thanks for listening to the Tech Savvy Professor.